Turn in your Bibles this morning as the young people are going to the middle school service, the junior high service with Pastor Ben. Turn in with me in your Bibles, if you would, to Mark chapter 11, verse 22. We'll turn there in a moment. Again, it's so good having you with me and with us this morning. Yes, I'm aware of the time this morning, and it means nothing. I, no, 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 I don't mind you looking at your watch, it's when you put it to your ear to see if it's working, I get worried. <laughs> Mark chapter 11, within God's word this morning, a little girl was with her mother at the nursing home, her mother was ministering to the old folks in the nursing home, counseling, encouraging them, and her little four-year-old noticed all the contrivances of old age, the walkers, the wheelchairs, and her eyes got real big as she looked at a glass of water on a nightstand and down at the bottom of the glass of water on the nightstand was a full set of dentures and she said mommy mommy the tooth fairy will never believe this <laughs> what has transpired in your life just recently and you just can't believe it you just can't believe that you're facing this difficulty, this obstacle, this hindrance. You just can't believe that you're in this set of circumstances. You just cannot believe that you are confronted by this mountain. You are a candidate then for a miracle. I want to remind you as you heard my father give his testimony this morning. And he has so many down through his life of how God has answered prayer. God has healed. God has supplied. God has brought the victory. And many of us here do as well this morning. I want you to know that our Father is still in the miracle business. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You say, well, preacher, I don't believe in miracles. You will when you need one. I said you will when you need one. God is the author of miracles. The fact, even right now, that your heart is beating and you have nothing to do with it is a miracle. Life is a miracle. Do you need a miracle? Do you need a hindrance, uh, an obstacle, a satanic stronghold, a mountain moved in your life? Jesus delineates perfectly for us on how to foster a miracle mentality. I can't control the wind, but I can set my sails to catch it when it blows. I cannot control the sovereign hand of God, but I can position myself. I can set my sails uh, to be a recipient of a miracle when God pours it out. Jesus perfectly outlines for us the conditions for the miraculous. Jesus outlines the conditions for you and I to have the mountain mover's lifestyle. In Mark 11, verse 22 through 24, read it with me this morning. Have 
faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe you've received it, and it will be yours. What's your mountain this morning? Is your mountain depression mountain, unemployment mountain? What's your mountain this morning? Is it a problem marriage? Is it an addiction, a bondage? Is it the big C word, cancer? Is it a rebellious child who's on a highway to hell? What is your mountain that you're facing this morning? It's not God's will for you to have to live in the shadow of that mountain or cozy up to that mountain. It is God's will for you to see that mountain move for the glory of God. Here in Mark 11, Jesus tells us how. As we share with you a word, the mountain movers lifestyle. Follow along with me in your notes this morning. Fill in the blanks with me uh, in our sermon study. I've given you my notes this morning so that you can retain this word from the Lord. You see, mountain moving begins with right thinking. If you want to foster a, a, a miracle happening in your life, it begins by fostering a miracle mentality. Write it down, fill in the blank. Enjoying the miraculous begins with the right inner focus. The mountain mover's mentality. Didn't Jesus say, have faith in God? What's the antithesis of faith? The antithesis of faith is what? Fear. 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 Focusing on our mountains instead of our God. Fear. Have you been plagued recently with the what-ifs of life? The what-ifs of our finances. What if I won't have enough money to pay the bills? What if I won't have enough money to pay our kids' college education? What if I won't have enough to retire? Or maybe to you, it's your relationships. What if nobody likes me? What if I'm not accepted? What if I don't find true love? What if I don't have a happy marriage? What if I end my days all alone? The what ifs. We're talking about fear. We're talking about worry and how we worry about our, our achievements. What if I end my days in a dead-end job? What if I'm never successful? What if I'm a failure? What if I'm a, if I'm a loser? Fear can consume us about our health. I, I recently ha had a, a bump that concerned me and... Uh, Right away, I thought, what if it's cancer? I went to the doctor. He says, it's just a pimple. <laughs> Wash your face more often. <laughs> the what-ifs that can keep us awake at night about our health and our well-being. Uh, what if I lose my good looks? What if my hair starts turning gray? What if? I lose my, I just want to keep my hair. I don't know about you. I don't care what color it is. <laughs> you agree with me? Fear, worry is like a rocking chair. It'll give you something to do, but it won't get you anywhere. 
Fear can't change one second of your past, but it'll give you sleepless nights. It'll rob you of daily joy. It'll ruin all of your tomorrows. You can't think negative thoughts and then decide to live a positive life. It just will not happen. Write it down. The Mount Mover's lifestyle is a God-confident lifestyle. A God-confident lifestyle. What is God-confidence? The word confidence comes from two Latin words. The Latin word con, which means with, and the second word fido, which speaks of faith. Confidence in its essence means living with faith. Hebrews 11.6 declares without faith it's impossible to please God. Faith starts out before you know how it's going to turn out. God confidence is not psyching yourself up. That's what the world does. God confidence is not an emotional matter. God confidence is far more than positive thinking. God confidence is far more than looking at yourself in the mirror and say, You're the man. You're the man. God confidence is not an emotional matter. God confidence is a spiritual relationship with your God who cannot and who will not fail you. God confidence. I'm not speaking of self-confidence. God confidence. The Bible records, write it down, the victories of God confident, mountain-moving heroes. Heroes of the faith. You need to read their stories. Their stories, their accounts need to be part and parcel of your life. Uh, by faith, Noah, for 120 years, without a Black and Decker saw, built a boat in his driveway. And they said he was crazy. For 120 years, he preached that judgment was coming. The flood was coming. They called him crazy. He, he loaded that boat with uh, uh, animals two by two, and they said Noah's crazy. He put his family on board along with all of their luggage to get ready for the cruise of cruises, and they said he was crazy. And then the flood came. And who was crazy? The Bible says, by faith, Abraham. By faith, Sarah. What happened? Oh, can you imagine? One night, Abraham came home from a Wednesday night prayer meeting, and he said, Sarah, honey, I've been to a prayer. God says we're going to have a baby. Now, Abraham's 100, and Sarah's 90. We're talking miracle here. Honey! We're going to have a baby because faith without works is what? It was more than just mere belief. It was more than just mere mental assent. Sarah, honey, we're going to have a baby. That night, 100-year-old Abraham and 90-year-old Sarah, they had a honeymoon experience without getting graphic because faith without works is dead amen and the sparks flew from Dan to Beersheba as God cranked that old dead battery of Abraham and that womb that was twice dead in Sarah and God gave him a little baby at age 109 don't say God's not finished with you yet He's the God of the miraculous. Faith without works is dead by faith. Abraham and Sarah and Isaac, the son of promise. Isaac, whose name means 
Laughter. Don't tell me God doesn't have a humor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. By faith. By faith, the three Hebrew young men, three Hebrew teenagers, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, when the king said, I want you to bow and worship my idol, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, three Hebrew teenagers, three young men of God said, we'd rather burn than bow. The king said, I'll burn you in my fiery furnace. We'd rather burn than bow. We're not going to compromise, cave in. We're not going to cop out. And so the king threw them in. And hallelujah, by faith, God made it cool in the furnace and when king nebuchadnezzar looked in that furnace he said i see one i see two i see three i see a fourth who looks like the son of god in the furnace with them glory to god god's with you even in your most fiery hour hallelujah by faith by faith by faith the bible records that by faith paul and silas at their, the worst hour, it was the midnight hour. They're in stocks and chains in the innermost dungeon of that Philippian prison. But what were they doing at their midnight hour? By faith, uh, they were singing and they were praising the Lord. They were having a, a praise experience unto God. And God, hallelujah, as they were singing, God sang too, didn't he? God's song as he sent angels down was jailhouse rock. And God rocked that jail. And prison doors opened up. Handcuffs fell off. And the prisoners were set free. For the glory of God. By faith. By faith. By faith. Jesus said, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Story goes of a transatlantic journey. A vessel going from America to Europe hit a terrible Atlantic sea storm. The ship was rocking to and fro. People were screaming. The crew was putting on life jackets and commanding the passengers also to put on life jackets. It was a desperate situation. I mean, some of the passengers were drinking Jack Daniels to bolster up their courage. And then they noticed a little girl sitting down reading a library book as peaceful and serene as can be some of them were unnerved they thought she was deaf uh, while others thought uh, she was crazy they said don't you know that uh, we're about to go down uh, don't you know we're about to man the lifeboats she closed the book looked up at them and said my father's the captain, and everything's going to be all right. Honey, sir, ma'am, I don't know what kind of mountain you're facing this morning. Look up. Uh, lift up your heads toward heaven. Uh, your father's the captain, and everything's going to be all right. Amen. Glory to God. My father's the captain. We're talking about God confidence. We're talking about faith in God. When the doctor calls and the test results are positive and your whole world is spinning out of control, have faith. Have faith in God. When your employer informs you, don't take your coat off, your services are no longer needed. Have faith. Have faith in God. When your spouse admits that he or she's having an extramarital affair, have faith. 
faith in God when you close the lid uh, on the coffin of the one that you've loved the best and you've walked with in marriage for all of those years have faith have faith in God and even when the very forces of hell press in and grip you with depression despair and defeat uh, lift up your head and declare let God arise his enemies be scattered and have faith have faith in God hallelujah hallelujah we have faith in God fostering a miracle mentality being a mountain mover begins with right thinking and right thinking should always lead to right speaking look with me again in Mark chapter 11, verses 20 through 2 through 24, the mountain mover's lifestyle is realizing and releasing the miracle that God, write it down, fill in the blank, that God has put in your mouth. Did you realize in Mark 11, verses 22 through 24, did you realize that Jesus speaks more about speaking than he does about praying or even believing? Both God and Jesus transact kingdom business through the power of the spoken word. God, the Bible says, created all that there is. Hebrews 11 verse 2 brings this out. By all the universe, all the worlds were framed by the word of his mouth. God said, let there be light. And non-existence came into existence. Jesus, when God visited this planet in the form of Jesus, Jesus transacted all of his miracles through the spoken word. With a word, the blind could see. By a word, the lame could walk. With his word, the dead were raised. With his word, demons would run and flee in terror. There's only one time in the Bible that it says that Jesus was astonished, amazed, surprised, taken off guard. When he went to heal the servant of a Roman centurion, the Roman centurion said, Oh, Jesus, don't bother coming to my house. Just speak the word and it shall be done. And Jesus said, What? I have not seen such great faith in all of Israel. Speak the word. Speak the word. Speak the word. There's power in your words. Write it down. Since we've been created in the image of God, to an extent, our words, our words also have power. Your words can bring blessing or curse, victory or defeat, life or death. Proverbs 18.21 Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Many of you are familiar with that first part of the verse. Many of you are not familiar with the second part. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. In other words, you will have to live in the environment that you create by your words. You are creating an environment in your marriage, your home, your influence, your experience. You are creating an environment by your words that's either for blessing or for curse. You're either fostering a miracle moment. You are fostering mountain-moving miracles 
by your words or you're fostering fear, worry, negativity, an environment of defeat and despair by your words. Your words. I believe when a person says, I wish I was dead, is inviting a spirit of death to invade their life. You show me a spouse that says, my marriage is hopeless. They're inviting a spirit of divorce into their home. When a teenager says, I hate my parents, they're inviting a curse upon their life. Because the fourth commandment is the commandment of promise that if you honor your parents, God will bless you. By your words, you are either speaking failure into your life or an overcoming faith. Yet conversely, what's the greatest miracle of all? The greatest miracle of all is salvation. How are you saved? Romans 10.10 hits it on the head. With your heart you believe and you are justified. And it is with your what? Mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. It's by the spoken word. It is a confessed word. It's a word of declaration. When you declare that Jesus is Lord, you are saved. The power of your words. The power of your words. What are you speaking? You will choose the environment. You will create the environment in which you will live by your words. Are you speaking victory or are you speaking defeat? Are you speaking a mountain moving or are you speaking despair and disillusionment? Are you speaking words that are causing you to cozy up and coexist with your mountain? Your tongue has the ability to set the course of your entire destiny. Uh, you are creating an environment of victory or defeat. Whatever it is, you'll have to live in it. So watch your thoughts. Your thoughts will become your words. Study your words. Because ultimately, your words will transact into actions. Analyze your actions. Because over the course of a lifetime, your actions will become your habits. Watch your habits. Because habits will transition into your character. Develop your character for the good, for God. Because ultimately, your character will determine your eternal destiny. Words. What words are you speaking? The mountain mover's lifestyle is a lifestyle of believing, receiving, and releasing. Write it down. The promises of God at our mountains. To be a mountain mover, you must believe God's word regarding your need and then speak God's word into your need. Jesus didn't say speak about the mountain. Jesus said what? Speak to the mountain. Speak to the mountain. Don't just speak your words. Don't speak my words. Speak His words. Speak His words. 
Because His Word, His Word, there's no word like His Word. His Word is saturated and bathed and immersed in power. <laughs> when you speak His Word, you are speaking an anointed Word. Uh, you are speaking an appointed Word for the glory of God. His Word, according to the Bible in Hebrews 4.12, His Word is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. We're talking about His Word. What's your mountain this morning? What mountain are you facing this morning? What mountain is crowding you? What mountain is looming over you this morning? Jesus said, speak to that mountain. Is it a financial mountain? Is it a mountain of financial difficulty? A mountain of impoverishment? Then speak to it. Take your stand upon the word of the Lord and declare to your poverty mountain, your mountain of need. Uh, it is His power to give wealth. God has caused me to be the head and not the tail. My God shall supply all of my need according to His riches and glory. What kind of mountain are you facing this morning? Are you facing sickness mountain? Disease mountain? Poor health mountain? Take your stand upon the Word of God and declare to this mountain, in the name of Jesus, I stand upon the Word of the Lord. By His stripes, uh, I am healed. The prayer of faith uh, will save the sick. Uh, glory to God, the Son of Righteousness is risen with healing in His wings. Thus saith the Lord. What mountain are you facing this morning? Is it loneliness mountain? Take your stand upon God's Word and confess. Uh, my Jesus said, I will never leave thee. I will never forsake thee. Lo, I am with you always. What mountain are you facing this morning? What kind of cliff uh, is looming over your life? Is it satanic attack? You know old Slewfoot, when he, when he strikes, what rises up within us? Fear depression, a sense of defeat. If this kind of satanic mountain is looming over you, take your stand upon the authority of God's holy word and take your stand and declare, if God be for us, who can be against us? No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Though the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Greater is he that's within me than he that's within this world. Mountain, move! Speak to the mountain. Speak to the mountain. Confess your faith in God's Word. Faith, faith until it's articulated. Faith until it's confessed through your mouth becomes dormant. But you give it life when you declare and confess it. This is the Word of the Lord. Speak to your mountain. Speak to the mountain. Speak to the mountain. Christian, Christian, stop whining about your mountain. Stop telling your God how big your mountain is and start telling your mountain how big your God is. Hallelujah. We serve a big God, a greater God. <laughs> Lastly, right behaving. Jesus reveals that mountain movers move in expectation. 
through an attitude of gratitude. Honey, sir, ma'am, young person, your attitude, your attitude, it's a choice. It's a choice. Be aware of that. People make choices with their attitude all day long. That person at work that's constantly giving you dirty looks, they ain't singing, oh, happy day. I love you with the love of the Lord on the inside. When you tell your teenager that they can't go out with their friends until their room is clean, their chores are done, and their homework is completed, and they stomp, and they scream, and they shout that you're the most terrible parent. Honey, I want to tell you they're not possessed by some demonic spirit. That's just attitude. Attitude is outward expression of an inward feeling. David and Paul both let us know how you and I are in control of our attitude. David said, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Paul, as he was handcuffed with chains in prison, Paul said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. If you got up this morning and there was air in your lungs and your heart was beating and you didn't find your name in the obituary column, hallelujah, it's going to be a great day and the best is yet to come. Amen. It's going to be a good day. Rejoice in the Lord. Hallelujah. See, we've got a choice every day when we start out the day. We can get up and, and, and we can say, good morning, Lord. Or we can get up and say, Oh, Lord, it's morning. You determine your attitude. I said you determine your attitude. Jesus hit it on the head that if you want to foster a miracle mentality, if you want to position your life to receive God's best, God's best, then you must, you must foster an attitude of expectant faith. Look at what Jesus said in verse 24. Jesus said, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer. Now get a hold of this. Believe that you've already received it. Believe that you have received it. And it will be yours. Jesus is talking about attitude. Here. After you've given your request to the Lord, start having the attitude that you've already received. Start putting on the attitude that you're already in the victory. You've already received your miracle. The mountain is already moved. There it is. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it. Now, it's not largely known, but I'll tell you here this morning. My father is one of the best chefs around. Probably a close competition. I mean, he's right up there. He's close to Sam Giordano. I mean, this man, he, he's, don't call him a cook. He's a chef. He delights in, in working in the kitchen. He delights 
and, and creating new meals, new, new things to eat uh, in, in the kitchen. I grew up with a dad that always loved to, to make things for his family in the kitchen. I grew up, and I still today, I don't like to cook, I like to eat. And so it was a great combination growing up. I, I mean, we don't, I mean, growing up in my household, you don't throw out, you don't throw, you don't throw out ham bones. Ham bones are made to make soup. Pastor's favorite soup, split pea soup. <laughs> oh, my, my, my. And then, Dad got bread makers. Oh, Dad would make fresh bread. He makes it today. And I'll go and visit at their home, and I'm sitting there in the family room. And uh, folks, this is right up there with Becky's brownies. This is right up with Becky's brownies. And I'm smelling that, that, that aroma. Oh, fresh break, baked bread. My, 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 my. I'm just making you hungry right now, aren't I? Oh, and it comes out all hot. And the, 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 the butter is just bathing itself over that bread. And so moist and soft. Oh, but as I'm sitting there, I'm already enjoying it. Uh, one of my greatest memories is dad barbecuing. And oh, he put uh, uh, the, 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 the ribs uh, on the grill and then lather the, those ribs with that sweet barbecue sauce. And I would just be standing there and I would always engage him in conversation as I would be standing there drooling. And, and just, I couldn't wait to, to eat as I was already tasting and already smelling uh, what I was about to partake in. And I'd, I'd just kind of loom over Dad, and he finally, I think he'd have sympathy, and he'd take off a little piece and put it in my mouth. And oh, 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 oh such great memories of that. The anticipation, the expectation to such a degree, I was already enjoying the morsel. That's how God wants you and I. I said, that's how God wants you and I. When you get off your knees in prayer, and after you've made your request unto God, and let me remind you, your God is not death. You can just give that request once with God, and then start thanking Him for the miracle. Start tasting your miracle. Start smelling your miracle. Getting excited uh, as you're about to enjoy your miracle. For the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord, He is good. Amen. Do you hear me in this? Glory to God. Expect believing that you're already receiving. Thanksgiving praise, write it down, is God's prescribed praise for expressing an attitude of gratitude. Paul hit this on the head in 1 Thessalonians 5. Give thanks in all circumstances. That means you and I are called to give thanks before our circumstances change. How many wait for their circumstances to change? And then they give praise. Then they give thanksgiving. Then they thank the Lord. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I want to ask you a question. When did God's people shout at the walls of Jericho, 
before or after they fell down? When did Jesus give thanks unto the Lord when he fed the 5,000 with the loaves and fishes? Did he give thanks before the miracle or after the miracle? When did Jesus give thanks when he raised Lazarus from the dead? And that mighty miracle, his greatest miracle took place. Did he give thanks to the Father before or after the miracle? When do you need to give thanks? Before or after your healing? Before or after your miracle? When do you need to give thanks? Before. There it is. That's expectation faith. When you lift up your hands, and yet you're still facing a mountain, and you begin to thank the Lord for His answer. Thank the Lord for His victory. Thank the Lord for His provision. Thank the Lord for your healing before the answer comes. God is released by such great faith to bring about the miraculous in your life and my life. Hallelujah. Can you say, I'm not going to wait until my finances improve. I'm going to thank the Lord right now. I'm not going to wait until the pain is gone and I feel better. I'm going to walk in thanksgiving right now. I'm going to get hungry for my miracle. Uh, I'm not going to wait until I get the test results. I'm not going to wait for the call from the doctor's office. I'm going to shout a shout of praise and thanksgiving right now. I'm not going to wait until my mountain moves. Uh, I'm going to thank the Lord right now because He's wonderful. He's counselor. He's mighty God. He's my everlasting Father. He's my Prince of peace. Hallelujah. God's on the throne and everything's going to be all right. Amen. Amen. What's the greatest mountain of all? What's the greatest mountain of all? It's not cancer. It's not divorce. The greatest mountain of all is sin. Your sins, my sins, the world's sins. And only one was able to move this mountain. As he bled and died upon the cross, he whose body was racked in pain, he whose body was whipped and nailed and tortured upon that tree, Matthew, the Gospel writer is true to the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. What do we hear from the cross uh, confronted by the pain, the torture, the mocking, the ridicule, the rejection of this world? The last cry of Jesus from the cross is not a, a cry of defeat. It's not a cry of a loser. Matthew uses the Greek word megaphone. Our English word is megaphone. The Bible says that Jesus in a loud voice from the cross uh, shouted out, It is finished. What is finished? Your sin and my sin is finished. For if anyone is in Christ Jesus, they are a brand new creation. Old things are passed away and all things become brand new. What is finished? Sickness is finished because by His stripes uh, we are healed. Jesus paid the price not just for your sins but your sicknesses at the cross. Uh, what is finished? Old Slewfoot is finished. 
My Bible and your Bible says that he who has a discerning eye can see the signs of the times. Do you see the signs of the times as you listen to the news? As you look all around us? Just this morning, we sit here cozy and comfortable. Just this morning, our brothers and sisters, Christians in Pakistan, were bombed by the Muslims. Ten of our brothers and sisters were killed instantly and went from the here and now and into the hereafter. Our world is rapidly moving towards an appointment with Armageddon. But Jesus said, it is finished. Do not despair, saint. Do not despair, Christian. Lift up your head. Uh, the Bible says when you see these things begin to come to pass, lift up your head for your redemption draweth nigh. In the twilight zone hour of Armageddon, John the Revelator said, I saw the heavens opened up and I saw a milk-white stallion and I saw him who is seated upon that horse, upon his head, where many crowns. Hallelujah. He He's coming back. He's coming back. Uh, he's not coming back as an emaciated, suffering Savior. He's coming back as Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Uh, he's going to walk into the United Nations. He's going to walk into Congress. He's going to walk into the White House, the Oval Office, and he's going to say, I'm in charge now. I'm in charge now. I'm in charge now. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him. Crown him Lord of all. It is finished. What is finished? The final enemy of all is finished. The Bible says that the final enemy is death. Death. Christian, you don't have to fear death. How do I know? Because it is finished. Long before the Antichrist and Satan plays their hand, my Bible says it might be morning. It might be noon. It might be evening. I don't know what time, but it's going to be soon. You might be walking in your home. You might be walking down the sidewalk leading your dog. You might be walking in the office. One foot uh, will be on terra firma. The next foot that goes down will be on streets of gold. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Uh, my Bible says that the, the eastern skies will unzip and Jesus will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, the trump of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first and we which are alive and remain will be caught up uh, to be with him forevermore would you give him praise and glory he's worthy he's worthy stand to your feet he is worthy of our praise this morning lift him up in the name of jesus glory to god father this morning we ask and pray that lord that we would know that we would know that we would know that we have not been called to live in the shadow of our mountains. We have been called to be mountain movers. To think mountain moving thoughts. To speak mountain moving words. And to have a mountain moving attitude. We know we're on the winning side. Lord, 
The devil's been a loser from the beginning. And we know in whom we have believed that he is able, able to do that which is exceedingly and abundantly more than we could imagine. Ask or think. Heads are bowed this morning. Yes, I know what time it is, but you'll still be the Baptist to the lunch restaurant. Amen. Heads are bowed. Heads are bowed. How many? Pastor, I'm dealing with a mountain. I have an unsaved loved one. The doctor's just given me a negative report. I'm in debt, and I want to get out of debt. I'm dealing with a mountain. But, Pastor... I am standing in faith believing and faith receiving that God is in the mountain moving business. If that's you, lift up your hand right now. Lift it up. Lift it up. Lift it up. Lift it up. Yes, all across this assembly. All across this assembly. I want to remind you, God has not forgotten you. He knows right where you're at. He knows right where you're at. Let your faith, let your faith go from that upraised hand. Let it go down into your feet. And would you join me down here right now as the team sings it? Amen. In the presence of the Jehovah. Join me right now. Come. Come. Come from the balcony. Come from the main floor. Lord, elders come, pastors come, precious Jesus. Oh, sing it again, amen. Crowd in, crowd in.